Welcome to this episode of Inside Outside. This week, we're going to be talking about building a startup outside of Silicon Valley. It's going to be really exciting. The first episode, stick with us. Running a startup is hard. Running one outside the valley is even harder. Inside Outside is a podcast for inside access to startups outside the valley. Each week, we'll bring you real insights, raw stories, and tactical advice from founders and startup teams around the country. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the first ever episode of Inside Outside, your look into startups outside of Silicon Valley. My name is Matt Boyd. My name is Paul Jarrett. And I'm Brian Ardinger. This is the first ever episode of Inside Outside, and we are super excited to bring this to you. So stoked. It's been a long time in the making. People have wanted this. I think that just the idea of bringing this type of media to you, talking about things that are relevant to the Silicon Prairie, things that are going on around here, that's super exciting. Let's face it. I mean, the Midwest is often thought of as the flyover country, and we are here to change that. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I'm yep. ready to be part of this. Uh, Matt, I, I think it took your beautiful voice to get this whole thing started. I'm, I'm going to think, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start off and thank you guys for pulling this together. This, no, I'm, I, this is exciting. This is pretty dope. We're going to see yeah. where, yeah, we're going to see where it goes. I mean, we've got a lot of ideas. We've got probably 40 or 50 founders that are lining up ready to and the most exciting here absolutely and the most exciting thing is there's a lot happening around i mean yes. you know there's a lot of stories that are going untold in the last week absolutely like, yeah, literally so the much last has, week. so much has happened yeah. so you know it's um it's just exciting to be able to do this and bring something unique to this community because the community gives back to us so much so just the ability to connect with you guys i think it's super exciting so let's make it happen i want to talk about some news that's happened this week and again a lot has happened this week um one of the biggest things. Was it this week? I think it was uh, within the last seven days. Huddle announced $72.5 million raise from Excel Uh, Partners. uh, Nelnet. Nelnet. Jeff Rakes. Oh my gosh. Institutional funding. Can you just pick up your mic and drop it for (laughs) David (laughs) Episode one. John Worth. Episode one. We're done. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Just Drop the yeah. mic. Mike dropped. Walk out of the, walk to, out of the place. Congrats to everybody. David, John, it, all the guys over there. It's super exciting to yep. hear. You yep. know, I remember when I came here and I, I was visiting for the first time probably four years ago, three years ago, something along How those lines. How did you lines. get here, Matt? How did I get here? <laughs> Paul Jarrett yeah, very um, astutely coerced me into coming here, and I am so glad he did. You stayed at my fam- my parents' house. I did, yes. I pretty stayed much in the basement. drug you here yeah, you and did. said, you have to check this place out. And I did. And, and it's awesome, man. And yeah. it was it, it kind of took a, a couple years of of building and watching this startup community grow. Um, but we I, I did it and I decided to make the leap because I wanted to be connected to this community of people that are so helpful. Um, We're happy to have you, man. Yeah, no, it's I don't exciting. know. Did you guys see that uh, Fox News brief uh, business we, we section did. video oh, yeah. yesterday? Yeah. It was all talking about Silicon Prairie and, and it was focused on Des Moines, but what they uh, showed the little graphic and it was Three out of four Lincoln startup. That's companies. right. So, we got logos. Like, we got logos. We, we need some. It we wasn't love. any verbal, yeah. but there was like an open doors and blue, blue box. box and huddle logo. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a I'll take a logo <laughs> logo on Fox News. Hey, yes, that's awesome. Heck yes, screenshot Brand that. awareness right yep. there. Yep. Screenshot it up. So, what do you guys think about Huddle announcing this massive raise, institutional funding? Well, it's, I mean, it's it's the largest tech raise. I think ever. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, think you'd have to go back a long way to figure out even outside of tech um, that kind of money being raised. Yeah, um, it's a game changer in a lot Are, of different you're ways. You're saying in the Midwest? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. In Nebraska, in the Midwest, in Nebraska, yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yes. yeah. I mean, it's it's what we needed. Yeah, and it, you know, it brings awareness to this entire yeah. area to say, you know what, like 
real awesome companies yes. are being built here. Excel partners. Hashtag bang yeah. the drum. Bang the drum. <laughs> As Paul Jarrett yes. says pretty often. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting for them because I always think, you know, uh, do what it kind of pulls up, and this is probably a whole episode on its own, but what defines a startup? And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've, in my book, they've made it. They're growing. You they're know, a real they're company. Capital, they're mm-hmm. real. Um, but then, you know, you have Fox Business News or whatever that was on, on a television show, and they had logos of startups. And I was like, oh, wait, they, they're doing it. But, yeah, absolutely. But also, they're still part of the ecosystem. Right. So I personally think, you know, we should still include them in all the conversations. And I'm sure they might have a different point of view, but I'm like, hey, you're, you're one of you're us. You're here. You're one you're of here. us, and you're here. We're going to bang the door for you if Absolutely. you Absolutely. <laughs> well, I think one of the things is I think they are start, still part of the startup ecosystem, even though they're not te- technically a startup. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I remember... But actually, I would challenge I was, that. I would say, what is the definition well, of a startup, right? And again, that's point. a whole other episode. But I mean, like, I remember I was actually in... I was a judge at yep. one of their initial pitch competitions at the University of Nebraska. Oh. They were Great. three kids. Did you tell them they were horrible? Um, I gave them some solid advice that they eventually <laughs> took, which is great. great. Uh, but no, uh, you knew from day one. I mean, you knew that these guys had right. what it took. There, there was it. something there, right? Yeah. X Factor. And, uh, I, think, I think that's the case with every you know company who gets to that level. Like, there's always something behind that team, right? right? And right. It's, it usually is from the top down. I mean, it's it's no um, the people that I've seen pitch or the teams that I've seen pitch. I actually walk away sometimes and I go, man, I don't know if that founder or that team is crazy mm-hmm. or if they are just crazy enough. Yep. And it usually takes, you know, I, I have no experience, you know, judging You're other crazy. teams. Right. 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 <laughs> but it usually takes it, it usually takes a while and they go, oh yeah, like they're just crazy enough. Yep. Absolutely. But there's there's a fine line there. I want to talk about open doors. They they just announced a one point seven five million yeah. dollar raise. Blake and Audi up. Love here. those guys. Oh, Love man. those guys. Big Super news. exciting. Right. Yep. Um, you know, it, just these kind of raises. It's like you know, raising this kind of capital, stepping yep. up to that level. It's legit. It's legit. I mean, mm-hmm. it just adds so much social proof to yep. th- that this area can again just produce this kind of, this kind of company. I mean, it's you awesome. know, and quite frankly, I think the only reason why, like you look at valuations and that, and the only reason why they're not the only reason, but one of the reasons why they're lower here in the Midwest is just a lot of people don't know about it. Supply yep. and demand, right? Uh, yep. Exactly. There's yep. not as much capital around no. here and they're conservative about well, it. And, we could have a whole conversation. We could have a whole <laughs> podcast about <laughs> sure. valuations. Oh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk <laughs> about it. It's on the list. Uh, in motion teams selected. We, we've selected. Yes. So Brian and I, uh, we, if you don't know, we run in motion um, and we've selected the seven teams going forward and, and we're super excited to get nice. started. Um, so that's big on our plate right now. We've got uh, two ag tech related companies. We've got. Can two, I just stop yeah. you guys and ask? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite team? <laughs> <laughs> They're all our babies. Yeah. Oh. No, quite frankly, quite frankly, we don't know at this point. Yeah, and I mean, it's yeah. when you. Invest. I mean, I, I like the cricket protein. I like jump. I think Kelly yeah, love those team. guys. Some pretty yeah. awesome, but and, you and know, I'm a little biased. I'm when a little you, biased. When you yeah, invest I mean, at this early stage, right. I, I mean, it literally a lot of the times it's pretty much an idea. And you're like you said, you're kind of banking mm-hmm. on the team right. to figure it out. And yep. you know, ninety days is, is not enough time to actually create a company. Right. But hopefully, we give them enough foundational information and, and connections and immerse them in the community and, and get them going, so that hopefully on demo day on July twenty eighth, uh, you know, we'll have some great companies to actually launch and get them into the ecosystem and, and building some great stuff. And we've Absolutely. done so the last couple of years, and we're excited about the third third cohort. 
Yep, yep. Uh, so Big Omaha, May 6th, 7th, and 8th. We're going to be there talking with people, as many people as we can. So if you see we're us. We're going to have a remote mic. Can we, we will. Pod, can we podcast? Yes, we're oh, we're going to. Can yeah. we have like a full-on podcast? Yep. Am I invited? Can yep. I invite myself? Yep, you're there. I just so, invited myself. So we've got a, we've got an Airbnb at the, in the old market. Oh, we don't nice. know exactly where yet, um, but we'll have a little mini pop-up studio nice and uh and a remote mic we can walk around and and uh, fantastic uh, best options trading just launched orca their new uh, product good work um, greg we're so excited about that i mean it's just like this kind of electricity happening yep. in the air right now I, there's something i don't know if like you know it's been raining so maybe there's something in the water <laughs> i don't know uh, but there's it's been a good week it's, it's been, been a, good, it's been a really good yeah. week so check congrats out to greg on yeah, that too congrats. they've been at it for a while and and they they got something launched and it's Absolutely. pretty awesome so check that out orca dot trade coming up an in-depth interview with jeff slobotsky from router ventures this episode of inside outside is brought to you by fuse co-working a co-working space right down in the hay market in lincoln uh, we work out of there at in motion and we love it uh, if, if you are in the area you're in the hay market i would definitely check this space out because it's very creative you've got a lot of startups in the area so if you're a startup if you're a private developer i think that just just hop into the space check it out talk to andy and he will hook you up Currently, as we speak, um, working on a, a, a new project called Router Ventures, and um, it's really a culmination, I think, of, of the work that I've done over the last uh, you know six seven years in terms of kind of seeing what's happening in the Midwest, the startup ecosystem, and the community, um, and realizing that there's still uh, a lot of needs um, to connect what's happening in the cities with other cities and communities right throughout the region. So a ton of good things happening in Nebraska and then on a micro level, amazing things what you're doing with Motion and everything else in Lincoln and in Omaha, right? Um, but now how do you take a step up to more of a macro level and say how do you connect what's happening in you know Lincoln with Detroit, right? Or uh, St. Louis with Omaha. So yeah, trying to um, still relatively early, but uh, um, just getting some things up and running, and there'll be there'll be more to come here over the next couple months. Uh, so yeah, so how we got to this spot today? Uh, beautiful weather, Omaha, Nebraska, eighty-five degree weather. Uh, no, um, so I, Midwest native, born and raised in Omaha, finance and banking major. Um, kind of shortly after college, I was uh, I was working for a technology company um, in New York, and so still living in Omaha, but traveling back and forth um, between. Uh, New York and San Francisco and Boston and Boulder and all the startup communities and would get back home to Omaha and realize that we had the same talent, the energy, the passion, the ideas um, in our city, in our community, but no one was really telling that story, right? And so I use the example of Dave Nelson from Secret Penguin um, as kind of one of the first guys that I was inspired by who was doing design work for uh, MTV and NFL, but no one knew about it, right? And, you know, they think, hey, I got to go to Chicago or LA or New York to get this quality of content or this quality of work. Um, and so I would put a flip video camera, if anyone knows what those are still are, you know, right, before the iPhone camera in people's face and say, hey, tell me about what you do um, and just publish it to the web. And so, uh, you know, built, built that up over time and uh, we did content as well as online or I'm sorry offline events because firm believer in connecting people not only online through content and sharing ideas um, but also face-to-face conversations like this that you know there's so much more power and and value in that so big Omaha um, you know I think it was we held a couple tweet ups I think that was the official name in early 2008 2009 Um, you know folks that were trading notes back and forth on Twitter like you know I knew about this woman Megan Hunt and I saw uh, Hello Holiday 
Um, but like, who is she? Right. And so it's like, we said, Hey, let's get everybody offline and get them to, you know, a venue or a bar or a lounge and kind of interact and connect. And so those kept growing in size. I think the first one had 20, then it was 75 and then it was like 250 people. And that just showed the power of, of the connectivity and the community that was here. And so that's when, um, my co-founder Dusty Davidson and I really started to scratch our heads and say, huh, let's, let's bring, um, folks in from outside the area that we were inspired by into Omaha and, and have that same energy and passion, you know, kind of shared with everybody else. And so that's where the idea for big Omaha came from was, you know, I mean, Vanderchuk Gary was the first guy that I loved and was inspired by, and he agreed to come in. And so then the rest just kind of trickled from there over time. The companies I think here, um, have a unique advantage, but also disadvantage, right? In terms of not being around, you know, as, as dense a community as San Francisco or New York or, you know, Chicago, Detroit, wherever it may be. Um, so that may be a quote unquote disadvantage, right? But flipping it on its head, it's also an advantage that you're out of the noise, if you will, and you're out of, you know, um, kind of the, the, the me too mentality, right? And so when you build a company here in this, in this area, I mean, you've got to have real, you know, results, right? Revenue and customers and, you know, uh, um, that you're building something of value and that's solving a real problem. Um, and so I, 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 you know, if I see a company or a founder or an entrepreneur that, you know, is like, oh, I'm going to create the next, you know, Instagram for cats. It's like, well, why? Right. You know, it's, it sounds jovial and fun, but what problem is that solving? You know, and I think something like that may, you know, may be able to garner additional traction and users outside the area. And so I think that's one of the questions is, you know, if a, if a startup is too far outside the realm of like solving real world problems, um, or real problems that can be addressed and solved here. And I think you, you try to kind of course correct and question why they're doing what they're doing, I think. So the, um, the amount of entrepreneurs, seasoned entrepreneurs, veteran entrepreneurs, folks that have gone through it, you know, not just one time or not just had an idea, but have gone to, through it two, three, four, five times, right? Built and sold companies or built and had companies acquired, um, you know, raised capital multiple times. I think that's one of the biggest disadvantages. Um, they exist, the stories exist, but it's harder to access or find those individuals, whether they're off to other parts of the country now or whether they're just, you know, focusing on the next big idea that they're trying to build. Um, you know, again, referencing the, the startup communities outside the area, you go into a coffee shop like this in any other major city and it's filled with, you know, developers and maybe investors and entrepreneurs that you can say, hey, you know, Brian, can I get five minutes of your time and kind of, you know, help me work through this problem? Um, and so I think it's that, that lack of um, lack of density or lack of informed density, I think, of folks that know this whole this whole process. How do they find that? <laughs> That's where I think it gets back on the entrepreneur, right? Like um, you've got to do the homework. You've got, and whether that means you know, okay, let's go find out and hear the story about ACI in Omaha, or how was Hay Needle built? You know, who are the guys behind Hay Needle? Search them out, find them. Say, hey, I'm building my company. I want to meet with you. Um, you know. Uh, again, that's just Nebraska. That's just Omaha. But maybe it's you know you could you should connect with you know the guys that build Exact Target um, 
And so, again, that, that's where it gets back onto the entrepreneur. If you're driven, like, again, people say, oh, lack of capital in the area. Yes, there is a lack of capital, but like, I think the capital will find great ideas. Um, and so I, I don't think folks or entrepreneurs and founders should just sit back and be like, oh, you know, too hard to start a company. I can't raise capital. Well, go do the work to like get that right. Get that knowledge from the seasoned entrepreneur. You know, again, travel out to San Francisco or New York and just really pound the pavement to try to gain that knowledge. Um, you know, one of the things we did early days of SPM was, uh, you know, you hop on a Skype call, right? Record the Skype call and say, hey, founder XYZ, can I get 15 minutes of your time? This is the company I'm building, right? I would, you know, be indebted to you to have kind of some input from your perspective. I mean, that costs nothing, right? So anyway, I think the onus is on the entrepreneur and the founder to not just sit back and be like, oh, we're not at a major startup hub or, oh, there's not enough capital. It's saying, you know, I mean, do the work and, and you can overcome those hurdles pretty easy, I think. One of the companies, um, Fitbark, down in Kansas City, just through the local accelerator, it's kind of Fitbit for dogs, right? Like, um, but I don't know the exact numbers in terms of dollars spent on, on animals. And pet. I think it's like $30 billion, right? It's just it's an insane amount of, amount of, uh, amount of uh, dollars. Um, but, you know, unique in a sense what they're building. I think it's still relatively early. Um, Huddle, obviously, is one of the ones that everybody talks about, but I think still breaking into kind of more of a national awareness. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Huddle to folks outside the area, and I think they're like, oh yeah, that's that one company, right? And they have an affinity there. Um, Quantified Ag, you know, the company you and I have talked about quite a bit. I think that that's very interesting, especially just being where we're based, right? That gets back to solving real world problems. Um, you know, I don't know if that has as much chance of success outside somewhere like Lincoln, Nebraska, or Nebraska, or Midwest. Um, you know, you look at uh, Mind Mixer is one I think still, I don't know if early is the right word, but still being built and proven, but if, you know, uh, providing kind of an online town hall for civic uh, engagement. I mean, that's that's kind of nuts and bolts business, right? Um, so, I, and again, I you look at, and Brian, you've been in it a super long time as well. Like, we're still relatively young as a community, um, in all honesty. You know, we've been, been at this as a community for five, you know, six to eight years somewhere, give or take, two or three years, plus or minus. Um, and so, you know, you look at what folks from outside the area talk about, and it's, you know, it's a 20, 30 year journey, right? So if that's the case, we're still pretty, pretty early. Another quick shout out to Fuse Coworking in downtown Lincoln. If you're looking for a place to work remotely or just get out of your home office, check out Fuse and tell Andy we sent you. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jeff Slobotsky. And we're going to go ahead and discuss some of Jeff's points about what it's like to build a company outside of Silicon Valley. You know, what are the advantages and disadvantages of what's going on in the Midwest? And what's it like to find some talent and find your initial team here in the Midwest? That's a great way to kick it off. So I'm, I'm, you guys are both staring at me right now, so I'm going to go ahead and take this. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I was going to call Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were laughing at my beard keeps getting caught. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's it called? A spit guard? Uh, yeah. Well, this what? it's a pop filter. <laughs> it's a, okay. Pop filter. My, my, uh, my beard keeps getting caught in the pop filter. I'm going to have to trim it up. Um, so this is actually kind of a, I don't, I don't know if it's a maybe sensitive topic to me mm-hmm. is, is the way to go with it. Um, I hear a lot that entrepreneurs, basically, I'll call it out. It's like a, a lot of people bitch about talent in this area. Yep. I get it. I yep. totally get it. Yep. Here's my response back to that. 
it's just another challenge that you're going to face as an entrepreneur. <laughs> oh, oh like, by the like, way, it's oh, not unique. <laughs> oh, by the way, there's like a thousand more of these challenges coming. And if you can't figure out a way to recruit the right talent for your needs, yep. you might want to rethink the whole thing over. Right? Definitely. Um, it's definitely something that I personally think, especially in the beginning, and I'm going to do it as long as I can, but as CEO, I think it's your responsibility, You know, maybe co-founder, to go recruit and it's hard. Yeah, without it's, a doubt. It's hard. You have to start, you know, there there are people that we have started working on three years ago before we even started Bulu Box, and I still have tagged on my calendar <laughs> to reconnect with those people. Matt Boyd, don't think you're not on my list for people uh, to potentially recruit. But you know, tech talent is is a challenge, um, and I think that you know maybe you know I was recruited as a football player, so I take a real like recruiting mentality to it. You know, look at them when they're a freshman, when they're a sophomore, when they're a junior or senior, and you got you have to go over that, go after that person aggressively. But as a company, you need to understand your unique selling benefit. Absolutely. What do you What do you guys think? Like, I've seen a lot of companies in Silicon Valley kind of throw perks at the situation, yeah. like perks and benefits. I mean, you can come in and, and get a haircut. I mean, you know, all, uh, snack walls, all that kind of stuff. Do you think that stuff's effective, or is it just kind of icing on the cake? I think that you have to find that one unique selling benefit, and everything else is kind of gravy. And you know. Th- to, to be honest, I, th- I think like you know the same person that's going to work at a Nebraska Global or work at a Huddle is not the same person that's going to work at a Bulu Box, right? We have different mm-hmm. things to offer, and it really depends on the person. and And hopefully, that person is. I think the best thing that people can do that are getting recruited is ask a ton of questions. Ask about equity. Ask about you know don't just get caught up in salary and benefits, but ask about day to day, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's that's an interesting point because I've heard talent around the Midwest is obviously different than the Silicon Valley area from the standpoint of they don't look at equity as no, a perk. No, it never comes up it, when we right. meet people. It's, it's like, what are my salary? What's my salary and what's my benefit? Why do you think and that is? They don't know to ask. That's part of it. Interesting. And, and, and there's not enough companies that have exited where you can see that benefit. And it's like, oh yeah, if I do that and I'm part owner of a company, exactly. this is the big payoff. Yep. Versus, hey, I can work for the university, or I can work for the government here, or whatever. Look at look. My dad was a cop. My mom, you know, was a nurse for a long time, and they taught me to save up my four hundred one k and to get good benefits. And we mm-hmm. get the benefits in four hundred one k question way before we ever get equity. We we have to educate people wow. about the no equity kidding. pool. Yeah, wow. It, they just you know people just don't understand and. If if it does click, it kind of blows their mind. But I think we've lost a lot of great people just because it can't click. No uh, kidding. To be completely honest, we actually were recruiting an intern, and we actually started an equity talk with an intern with the idea that they would come on full time if it worked out. And I could just see it wasn't clicking. It yeah. just wasn't hitting. Wow. I was like, wow, that for you. Wow. Well, and so nope. does that come back to maybe the the Midwest conservativeness um, in general? I mean, if you look at whether it's raising money or or quite frankly, even just jumping and starting a company. Mm-hmm. Um, the conservative nature, it seems to be like, you know, a lot of people made their money with Warren Buffett and value investing. And, and so it seems that to have trickled down to a certain extent around this region where people are just much more conservative and much more um, fearful of making mistakes. Which isn't a bad thing. It's, right? it, it is a good thing, especially if you're like you're a farmer and you're conservative right, and you want right, to do that kind of stuff. But, right. but on the other hand, it does detract from getting folks, you know, so the best talent that's risk-taking, if they don't have a platform to jump here, they're going to jump in Silicon Valley or right. Boulder or Austin or wherever right. that risk uh, is tolerated. 
Right. right, right. I mean, and we have examples of that. I mean, you think back, was it 15 years ago now? You know, Evan Williams, University of Nebraska student, had to leave the area yep. to start Blogger and start yep. Twitter. And, you know, how would the Midwest be changed if Twitter was actually started here? Can you, can you imagine if we had a, you know, a Uber or a Twitter or something happen right in downtown Lincoln and it goes public or they're purchased mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you have a couple dozen people running around with a couple million dollars in their pocket and you know they're driving around their their Benzos and their Lambos and their Mercedes. The game has changed at that point. They got platinum grills. I think everybody, you know, at the rake school and at the computer science school, their their heads are just going to turn and go, "Wait, how did that happen yeah. to that 21-year-old?" Totally. Yeah, so. yeah. And I mean, that stuff happens in Silicon Valley every single day. Exactly. Companies get acquired. Well, young well, people straight out of college. In Boulder, it's right now, it's something I, I probably unintentionally lying, but it's like 30 acquisitions a month and oh, like it's out of control there and it's almost like if we could just take people and just sit them on the sidelines and just say watch what's happening yep, here totally then i think a lot of people would say oh well you know thank you mutual of nebraska whatever that's mutual of <laughs> omaha this is a great plan for 50 years for yep. me uh you know what i I'm, i have nothing to lose right now i'm 20 something I'm, I'm gonna go gamble for the next 10 years yep. and yeah. you know I'm, I'm gonna go for it but you know one of the reasons why i'm in this game and why i start in motion and why I'm excited to be part of the startup community at an early stage mm-hmm. is because I do want to have that foundation built so that, you know, we don't lose talent so that at right. some point you can raise your hand and say, I want to be an entrepreneur and you're not looked at as, oh, that's that crazy guy without a job. <laughs> or, you know, you have an opportunity to actually try to build something here. You know, whether it it's is. my daughter who's seven right now and hopefully by the time she, you know, yeah. is driving her Google car when she's 16. She, she can actually <laughs> gonna, start something. It's going to be so fun, like 10 years yeah. from now, to see where everybody, like the in motion teams, for example, yeah. yep. to like see where those people are at and what those people are doing. You know, huddle, open doors, like just to see where everybody's oh, yeah. at. I mean, the I mean, seed is just getting it's planted. It's just right starting. Now. So yep. it's, it's exciting to be kind of at the ground floor of all this and oh, just totally. watch it. I mean, yeah. that's, that's like, part, part of the fun, really. Yeah, I mean, being a pioneer is like way more fun. You know, being being a pioneer is more fun than just being another person out in the valley or in yep. the East Coast or yep. whatever it is. So, so let's talk about some of the things that are going on. I mean, obviously, some of our listeners, all three of them, probably at this point, <laughs> uh, know what's going on. But a lot of people don't know. My mom's listening, by the way. <laughs> I hope so. Hey, Matt's um, mom. <laughs> you know, I don't know if they, if they know what's going on in Lincoln and in Des Moines or, or Kansas City. But, I mean, some of the things that seem to be popping up over the last year and a half that have really, I think, provided some foundational things are things like One Million Cups coming out of Kansas City and, and uh, you know, giving a platform for entrepreneurs to give their six-minute story in, in right. front of other founders. Right. So, get, mean, so getting into mm-hmm. that, I want to talk a little bit about how a person would actually get connected to this scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mentioned One Million Cups. There's actually a lot of things. So Open Coffee in Lincoln is one way, right? Um, co-working spaces gravitate in Des Moines, Fuse, uh, Startup Weekends, Meetups, Ladies Launch Lincoln. Uh, and there's a lot of people to get connected with as well. Brian, you're one of them. Paul, you're one of them. But I, I think like you, you just hit on something is just getting into this scene. How, what, what are your guys' thoughts on getting connected? What's well, kind of funny because so we just before we started this podcast this, this afternoon uh, we had one of the angel investors come over brought two students that he had met at the UNL entrepreneuring days and says said hey these guys were interested in getting connected but had no idea how to do it and so he literally dragged them by their scruff of their neck to, down <laughs> down to Fusco working and said hey here's a couple people you need to meet yeah 
and told him about open coffee and things like that. And so I think part of it's a grassroots thing. You know, you basically have to bang the drum and say, here's what's right. going on and, right. and, uh, and get them out. I was, when I was living in San Francisco and my wife, uh, slash co-founder Stephanie and I were starting the concept for Boo Box out of the blue, Monty Fralick, who's part of Nebraska Angels, U.S. Properties downtown, really great friend of mine, mm-hmm. just happened to call me, just said, hey, how are things going? I'm like, oh, I'm working on this idea. And he's like, send it, send it over to me. I sent him, we were called Superbox at the time. It was atrocious. <laughs> that would have been good. Superbox. Superbox. Oh, it was so bad. It was yes. so bad. What would, so, what would your tagline be for that word? Uh, we're so super. Everything is super. Um, so subscription. I, yeah, right. Super subscription. Um, so I sent him like a JPEG of what we were thinking about. And he was like, you know, I'm part of Nebraska Angels. I did, I actually knew what a venture capitalist was before I knew what an angel investor was <laughs> wow. because I was living in San Francisco yep. um, mm-hmm. above epicenter cafe, yep. and, you know, just yep. picking up all the conversations Third and Folsom. There. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. And you know, it was, you know, that that's, I was just surrounded in that world and I actually knew the next stages. I didn't even understand, you know, angel investing, let alone it was happening in Nebraska. And one of my best friends had been part of Nebraska <laughs> angels for years <laughs> And he was the one that said, will you come back? And I said, absolutely. And he goes, how's two weeks? And I said, absolutely. And I turned around and I was like, I have no idea what I just got myself into. That's awesome. We need yeah. a deck. I mean, oh, tell you, <laughs> We didn't even know we needed a deck at that point. No, truly, we didn't even know that we needed a we deck. We need to change our name. But you've hit on something. So it takes that kind of like almost confidence and bravado to just up and leave somewhere for yeah. what you would think is... I mean, Lincoln, Nebraska, you're living in San Francisco at that right, time. Right. What, what was going through your head? I mean, I can't even imagine the, the amount of emotion and thought there. Like it was, so I, I also had came out of a company called complete nutrition, yep. which went from 3 million to 83 million out of Omaha, Nebraska. And we, we it was awesome to be, be a part of it. Um, I learned a really valuable lesson of how to actually sell a product which I was in advertising for 10 years and I ventured to say, I actually didn't know how to sell a product. Yeah. Um, but also kind of, you know, to be honest, like put the cart before the horse, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just like that pitch, like we weren't ready for that. And, and I don't know if you were there the first time that we pitched or I wasn't, no. Okay. Like I'm sure the people that were there the first time that we saw pitch, we were not ready. You know, we were not ready for it. Wow. But it was just good enough to get the ball rolling and to get a small convertible note. In. I remember, I remember sitting in your apartment um, a small shoebox apartment, similar to mine. 480 square feet. Four, mine was 320. Yeah. Uh, $3,000. Seven, 1700 bucks a month. <laughs> yep. um, 2200 <laughs> And I remember you giving me the pitch and, and, and me thinking, wow. This is, I mean, and so... At the time, I guess I didn't know anything about pitching either. I don't know. <laughs> it was horrible. I stood up in front of him on a Saturday night, and for after 30, several drinks, we were we were probably thir- three. Probably for thirty minutes, I pitched to him nine slides. It was it was horrible, but yeah. I knew it was going to be horrible. I, I've seen those pitches. Yes, and it's I really like this podcast. I'm sure it's going to be perfect from day one. <laughs> yes, right? exactly. Like, it's just going to we're going to nail exactly. It. Oh, we're <laughs> nailing it. <laughs> and I remember the mock-up of the Bulu box was literally a box with some stuff in it. Yeah, yeah it was bad. <laughs> we thought, you know, but yeah, you, it, it was bad. It, here's the thing. They say, if you look back on your launch and you're proud of it, you've waited too long. Mm, right. Oh, that's, we, we knew it was, so good. we knew it was barely good enough, but we also knew by just that whole like cart before the horse, it almost forces you to get better. 
So I want to talk a little bit about failure. I know that, so having lived in San Francisco for several years, um, failure means something different there than, I mean, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I want to bring up the conversation because failure is something that we all deal with. You know, so many startups fail every single day, right? Quite frankly, no one lo- likes to fail. Right. But I think in a, an environment like Silicon Valley, the, the difference is if you do fail, you can get right back in line and try another horse. Where here, there just aren't as many horses out there. So if you fall off a horse, you're going to wait a little bit before the next one comes to pick you up. I think that's really the kind of the core difference and the fact that most people just aren't used to um, taking that leap and, and being bolder, where I think it's just much more in the blood or, or part of the reason why Silicon Valley kind of grew up is because of the, the immediate opportunities to fail and, mm-hmm. to, and then to jump on the horse again. I'll tell you, I, I still get really embarrassed when I fail. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's really what it is. is mm-hmm. it's, it's embarrassment. It's a small community. Mm-hmm. If you fall on your face, it's very public. Everybody, you, yeah. Everybody's going to know yep. within 30 it's, seconds. It's kind of like going out there on, um, on one of these streets and just kind of <laughs> slipping in the ice and you fall and like yeah. 48 uh, of your friends see you, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, it's not strangers right. anymore. So, yeah. so, you know, just standing up and being like, okay, so I failed. Yeah, <laughs> I oh, fell. Totally. totally. And, 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 but you know that to be successful you you have to take that on and mm. i've failed a million times i'll fail a million more and and um i think the midwest in general like we're we're proud people and that's good and and we don't want to be wrong and it's still embarrassing for us to fail it will always be embarrassing to fail but if we want to move forward it's it's just something you're going to have to like you know kind of grind your way through and um i read through the Kaufman Foundation the two uh, specific traits that make successful entrepreneurs are both risk and grit. Yep. Wow. And, and, you know, I, I think the risk thing is something that we all need to work on. I need to work on it. Um, and also the grit part is when you do fail um, and when you do experience challenges, like you, you just have to work through it. And, you know, there's, there's been plenty of times, you know, right in front of our employees or my teammates and my coworkers, I've failed and fallen flat on my face. But um, I think if you surround yourself with good people, and, and I'm, I think you guys have prior to me say like birds of a feather flock together. And I, I really believe that surrounding yourself with the right mentors, yeah. with the right investors, with the right people, and they believe in you. And when you fail, they're there to help pick you up. Absolutely. Well, and it's part of that, you know, finding role models, quite frankly. I mean, and so I think we're seeing that a little bit more in the Midwest where people are, are willing to stand up. And so, you know, take example, um, the startup out of Des Moines, uh, Bot who you know, went through Techstars oh, and everybody you know, thought was quote-unquote the golden child and stuff. and, and um, That transparency when, whenever I they did that fail, email. that was awesome. So he put, put out the Medium post and basically said, hey, you know, so we, we have to so you know, close the doors right now and um, we're not going to raise additional money because we don't think we can get to where we need to go. And just that rawness and that, and that real, like this is life. Yeah, and, and I'll you, tell you, you know what I did once I was posted, I went to social media, to LinkedIn, to Facebook. I connected with all those people because yep, I yep, thought yep. those are the people that I want to be. Surrounded Absolutely. By. Yep. And you know, it's, it's surprising. I bet, and, and, and this is a total guess, but I bet there was a lot of people there to lift them back up Yes, in, in that kind of moment of weakness who, just like you said, respect what they were doing, respect, yep. you know, going transparent because you know, um, failing is one thing and, and just failing out, you know, in plain sight, but also being extremely transparent about yep. your failure. Yep. 
that's hard to do. And, it, and it's still painful, no matter yeah. how transparent, no matter how many people you have, like you're still going to feel alone and by yourself. And, you know, it's, it's going to feel awful, but you know, you just, you're at the bottom of the roller coaster and you just have to focus at the top part of the roller coaster and know it's coming. Yeah. Um, so open-ended question, where do you guys think, uh, the Midwest sits in the entire startup ecosystem Ooh. worldwide? Worldwide, boy. That's a big and, question. And I think it depends on how you define the Midwest. Obviously, right. a, a city like a Chicago or even as far south as like a Dallas or whatever have mm-hmm. different chops than Boston. Uh, than a small 250,000-person um, population like Lincoln, Nebraska. But um, you know, having said that, I think, again, we're on the long journey, and we're putting down some foundational things, and it's going to take a while. Um, it's still early. It's very early. I, th- I think right now, uh, to be honest, insignificant <laughs> so like Damn. the cool part the cool part is like we can only go up from here yeah it's true which is awesome right like we're just and so know. so we're excited about the wins going on right now exactly. in five ten exactly. years exactly there's yep. gonna be a lot more wins a lot more deal flow a lot yep. more growth and uh it's just, gonna be it's gonna be more special when we start to see, I mean, even these things like mm-hmm. huddle raising capital and open doors, like these are big deals, yep. you know, and, and you can come into in motion and you can come into things and make a difference immediately. That's cool. Absolutely. So I think in the grand scheme of things, that's well, how it is. But. And I think the other thing that's going on is, is we're building that foundation of other mentors and granted, you know, a Bulu box or an open doors or maybe only one or two years ahead of some of the new startups that are coming out. But, it, it, they have an understanding and they've been through some of the stuff. They've pitched investors, they've hired people, they've, they've gone through some of the ups and downs that they provide somewhat of a roadmap um, outside of people in the Valley or whatever, where a lot of times you look at those examples and it's like, I can't relate to that because right, the environment's right. so different, the people are so different. And so having those in your backyard role models that you can pick up a phone call or say, or text and say, hey, can you just grab a beer with me? I just really am struggling with this. It goes a, a tremendous far away, whatever Absolutely. you want to say about it. it. It's interesting having conversations with investors on the East Coast and West, West Coast versus locally because it is, it's almost like a different language, you know, in, in the way, um, maybe not maybe not a different language as much as it's the, the conversation is so different. And, you know, in the West Coast, they really are looking for these huge, crazy home the run Ubers. game changers yeah. And if you're not doing, you, you can have all the revenue in the world. And if you're not doing it, they don't. You know, it's yeah, it's, they don't. It's not going to return the funds. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I read a statistic about uh, um, Instagram and and what it really did for Andreessen Horowitz, and it was like they still Nothing. need like twenty more Twitter <laughs> yeah. or twenty more Instagrams, yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, that that's crazy. So, and again, you know, not that either one of those are good or bad. It's just you know where we are, and and I always think. Like, let's not even put ourselves on the same field. Let's not even compete with that. Like, let's just worry about us and us as an ecosystem and work on getting better. Let's not go try to compete for, you know, whatever it is. Well, there's clearly markets in that that we will excel at or we should have um, a natural advantage, whether it's ag tech or, you know, linking like a sports tech and things like that, where we should double down on those those abilities and those opportunities that we have in our backyard and, and 
you know, not everything has to go through Silicon Valley, nor think, nor do I think it will. And, yep. and I think that that's important to realize. Like these, you know, there are pockets of startups all around the country, and each one of those pockets brings a very mm-hmm. unique perspective to a lot of very unique problems. And right. I think that um, this area in the Midwest in general, I mean, ag is a massive, massive yep. thing. And I yep. think that that market is, you know, it's going to start uh, drawing attention of a lot yeah. of people yes. worldwide. So I mean, um, you look at you look at markets like Nashville, you know, with healthcare and music, music. Entertainment um, in general. You look at uh, you know Des Moines and with the insurance backing that they have and all the customers they have. Chicago around. with finance, exactly. Well, that's it for this episode of Inside Outside. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at the IO Podcast if you have any questions or feedback. Also, feel free to visit our website InsideOutside.io, and of course, you can check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes. Subscribe there. Uh, we want to thank Jeff Slobosky for sitting down with us today and just talking about you know some of his thoughts about building a startup outside of Silicon Valley. Music was provided by bensound.com for this podcast and that's it we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys soon